This is Writers Not Writing, the show where you can get to know your favorite writers and soon-to-be favorite writers by listening to them confess to the ways they procrastinate. Thanks for procrastinating with us. I'm Benjamin Gorman, and the quiet guy behind the glass there is Doug the producer. I write novels and collections of poetry and stuff. Doug tries his best to make me sound better. And each week we have a secret word to listen for. If you catch it, you earn the right to take an extra break at the time of your choosing from whatever is stressing you out. From Not A Pipe Publishing, welcome to Writers Not Writing. Today's secret word is ghost children. <laughs> welcome, everybody. Today's guest is Brian Parker. Brian is the co-owner of Believe in Wonder, a youth-focused publishing company in Beaverton, Oregon. He's an author, illustrator, and educator with over, over 20 books to his credit. And currently, he's an adjunct professor at Portland State University in the English department. Welcome, Brian. I'm very, very glad to have you here today. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm I'm ecstatic to be here. <laughs> so as regular viewers know, we always dress up in costume like this. This is, you know, part of the, the thing. But the folks who are listening to the podcast can't see us. So tell everybody yeah. about the costume you chose to wear today. Okay. Uh, well, first off, I'd like to say it's uh, 90 degrees outside, so it's incredibly hot. In this, yes, so, it is warm. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm dressed as a large male badger, but not like your typical badger. I'm, I've got like a, you know, a Smith's mock, a large hammer, maybe a mace standing next to me, a big hat with a jaunty feather. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And, I, you know, yes. I won't, I mean, I, I like that the feather the peacock blue of the feather matches the belt. I think that was a really good choice. Uh, so, <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Accessorizing is the thing that I don't think people appreciate that. It's the, you, you got to get the details right. You know, details. I, I went, I wanted to match. So I went with an otter. Uh, and, uh, you know, I've got this, the full otter costume on. And like you said, it is a warm day to be in a full costume. But yes. I wanted to be uh, an otter that would kind of fit, you know, my character. So he's got a very thin sword. It's almost a foil. You know, oh, a thin wonderful. sword and then an eye patch. But I'm realizing now that the eye patch during this interview is probably going to give me a headache. So I'm just going to flip the eye patch up for the whole interview. So folks well, who are listening to the podcast will have to, you, sold you know, it. you really nailed it. Yeah, the, the, an otter with an eye patch flipped up and and uh, and a nice uh, short sword and a badger with a hammer and a mace. That's we we, we got this. You know, more roguish. You know, yes, we're on an adventure, you oh, know, yeah. and you've got to embrace it. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. So it's a show about procrastination, what we're doing yes. when we're not writing. So what has been pulling you away from your writing this week? Oh, I like what's not pulling me away from my <laughs> writing this week. <laughs> yeah, you're I in mean, the editing phase, right? Yes. I mean, I'm oh. I'm I'm actively avoiding my own work. Because I had a moment of like uh, pure hatred of my of all of my words, <laughs> yep, so I am uh, diving into uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey and um, just just trying my best to not melt down whenever I sit and look at a blank page or a page covered with red marks is really yes. nice right now. Assassin's Creed Odyssey is a great game. I played that one. I think I played it through the main storyline and then there's still plenty after, but uh yeah, it, that's a beautiful game. Like visually oh, beautiful. Man. I'm telling you, I mean the, the amount of world that they can they can construct, I mean the deep mythos that you that you're that you're working through this and all of this stuff is Greek mythology. I love this stuff and I can when I look up I'm like my wife's like it's dinner time. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm ready to eat. And she's like, 
everyone's eaten already and gone to bed. You, You've been playing the whole time. <laughs> you need to take your family to Greece at some point. So my yeah. after playing that game, my <laughs> I took my son last summer. And we would be up on these places looking at from like the high vantage point, and yeah. he's looking around, going, "They got it right." Like yeah. it, the game really is, you know, <laughs> provides you with this kind of overlay where you're seeing modern Greece, and then you're like, "And I'm in Assassin's Creed right now, and I can see the ancient world here." You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's so take I, your I, kid, have, make your kids play the game. Yes. And then take them. <laughs> uh, that would be yes, because I keep telling them it's a learning experience. I, you know, right? well, your kids might be a little young to be like stabbing people. How old are your your kids now? Or mine's are mine's are real little, so they're like eight, and uh, one's about to turn six. Uh, yeah, Assassin's Creed for a six year old. Uh... No, but he's 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 doggedly trying to get me to let him play it, and yeah. I'm like uh, a little less slaughter for you until you've come of age. So. My my son is a total gamer, and we started off with like, you know, no, we're not going to have you play anything where you're killing anybody, you know. And then it yeah. verged to like, okay, you're shooting aliens; they're clearly not human. That's okay. And now, you know, at some point, you just go, he's he's playing everything. Uh, but... I feel your pain. I yeah, feel your pain. yeah. Uh, and then uh, uh, what else we've been doing in the neighborhood? Oh man, we've been. Uh, well, we have this kind of uh, shock art. Like it's not really even an established like event, but whenever we come out, my neighbor um, right across the way here, the two of us come out with our giant boxes of, of sidewalk chalk, and all the kids come out of their house and they descend on us, and then we just spend the next two hours just doing chalk art. You know, it's and it's it's amazing because not only are we getting some of that creative juice flowing, but kids get to see adults doing art. art that's inspiring and, and exciting they're excited about and we're very encouraging to the kids with whatever they do whatever they do so if it's like a pokemon or, or it's like a character from a video game or just a giant pile of like colorful scribbles it's like oh man that's a beautiful expression we love that that is wow. awesome I love the dragon you posted. I encourage folks to follow your accounts online because you post pictures of that's where I saw the the dragon chalk art. And I was like, oh, this is chalk art at the next level. Like this is very cool stuff. So yeah, people absolutely check that out and then just be envious that they don't live in your neighborhood. Oh man. Oh, and if you're in this area, we're gonna be at uh La Strada de Pastile um in July, which is a chalk art event and we are going to be there along with a lot of other chalk artists and stuff so oh how yeah. cool yeah come and check us out doing our thing <laughs> yeah that well what a great thing yeah and you're right for kids to see art is for everyone like yeah. you know that's in yeah. so many ways i want my students to see art is not something other people do it's what you're the artist when you walk into my classroom like exactly. we read these other people because you're a part of that group you know yeah. and that's hard for oh, them to see sometimes. It's weird. It's hard for grown-ups too. I mean, my 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 art friend across the street, she says, I'm not really an artist. I just like to do it with you do the art with you. I'm like, no, embrace yeah. the weirdness. Let your art freak flag fly. Yes. Taking her Absolutely. <laughs> so uh what about in the news? What's been pulling you away from your work this week? Oh, I mean, I know. The news is just kind of overarching kind of craziness these days. And I don't know if it was if it was really this depressing before, but it's definitely kind of 
kind of bogs you down now, especially with the writer's strike going on. Yeah. And um, majority of the actual news I ever watch is through the uh, the sieve of, of comedy. So, you know, I, I don't have a Colbert. I don't have a yeah, that's Seth true. Myers. I don't have a, you know, John Oliver to see it through. So um, a lot of things hit hard. But yeah, like the, that just kind of heartbreaking uh, moment in, in Mississippi where the boy was... Oh you know, shot by the police when they came to his door after he called them. He called uh, them. Yeah, he called them. You know, he did exactly what the, you know, social contract says you should do, which is, you know, reach out to authorities and, you know, yeah. all of that. And that was what he was met with. So, I mean, I, I understand some of that, that, oh. that anguish that's in that community right now because i got i got two little ones so i'm i'm always telling them police are your friends police right. are the ones that you're supposed to call and then in moments like this i'm like but uh maybe don't call them right away you right know, like, go yeah. ask a neighbor first or something well but, but this is a terrifying story do you hear about this woman in florida yesterday it was day before no. yesterday. oh my gosh this is so <laughs> awful so her two children playing in a field uh you know black woman her children yeah, a white woman comes into the, the the like field between their houses and says, "You have to get out of here. You're not allowed to play around here." Wow. Then she ends up in this altercation with children yeah. and grabs an like an iPad from one of them it's... and throws it at him. So the mom very reasonably does what yeah. you or I would do and goes yes. over not to attack the woman, not to just to talk with her, yeah. knocks on the door, and the woman opens the door and immediately shoots her dead. Oh. My God! See, and, and it's it's good. I mean, she's just being a good parent and going yeah. and saying, "What what are you doing, kicking my kids out of this field?" Yeah, and, and the woman who shot her has not uh -huh. even been charged because it's Florida. Oh. Stand your ground. She's allowed oh. to shoot someone on her porch. Oh, that just oh, isn't that what? just? And so I read the story and I just feel like my heart breaks for this person. And what can you do for everyone in the community? What do you do Ooh. when you feel like? This is just something that is allowed. You yeah. Not knocking on someone's door saying, hey, don't throw things at my children. Yeah. But, and and that's the thing is that you want to you want to you, you want to believe that, like Martin said, you know, that the that the arc is yeah. bending towards justice. But sometimes it feels like, you know, there's maybe there's a hand in the way of the arc building like bending that way. So. Well, I think it's, last it's really years. important for me and for my family. We always try to lean in and we're like, you know, if you're going to be, if you want change, you got to be there. You got to be present. You got to be active. And that's, that's, that's the lesson I try to take away from it is that. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's all you can do. Right. I mean, that's the only way you can go. Okay. I can't do anything for that family, but I can, I can lean in. Right. Because exactly. otherwise you'd, you'd go mad. I think, yeah. I think some of that, you know, maintaining our, uh, you know the, the 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 kind of blessing of that idea that the uh, the arc of uh, the universe bends towards justice is yeah. just, just believing it. Like I yeah. have, I have to hold on to that, not because I, it's necessarily yeah. even going to be true <laughs> in my lifetime, but I have to believe it. Right? Exactly. Exactly. And I've I've I'm I'm totally of the mind of of manifestation that you know you got to put it out there into the universe for it to to come back to you. So I'm like. I, if I'm putting positivity out there, it's it's got to be turning into something somewhere. Some kid somewhere is running through a field full of daisies and, you know, small elves are, you know, bringing them cupcakes. And well, I, I, I help that. 
Like, yeah. Are they reading your books and going, I, I'm, I, I can do this now. Like yeah. I, I feel permission now yes. to engage in this art. Like that's, I mean, I, I feel like that's, and you're right in your work. It's, I get to go into this other world now and yes. go to this safe place. And also I can engage in creating worlds. I mean, I think Silly. that's wonderful. Definitely. That's, I mean, that's why we do it. That's yeah. why we do it is to give people permission to dream, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, uh, <laughs> so hobby wise, what are you doing when you're not writing lately? <laughs> oh man. Um, I waffle most of the time because, you know, it's a funny thing about doing the thing that you love to do for a living. Um, I always feel like sitting here and, and working is actually my fun work, you know, but I'm, I'm trying to teach myself other stuff. Like right now I'm, I'm making Dungeons and Dragons characters. Oh, very cool. Yes. And um, I don't know. I don't know. What am I doing for fun? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm playing video games. I'm, I'm doing world building all the time. You know, I'm constantly expanding my story worlds and stuff like that. And um, I don't know. I'm getting into yeah. making me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and, uh, you know, the D&D characters, for you, it's more humans than normal. You're actually, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> you're actually drawing a lot of people. Yeah, I, I, I love drawing um, figures, you know, yeah. people creatures animals i'm i love anthropomorphic animals too yes i um, love your work with that with uh, the you know the animals of various kinds in yes you know, oh man brian fantasy. jakes ruined me forever I, I read redwall when i was like 11 and then just blasted through all the books and yeah. now it lives rent free in my yeah. soul for the rest of my life <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Um, did you read when you were a kid did you read watership down ever i did I that did. was creepy. I'm uh, telling it's you, a beautiful book. Like I yeah. love it, but it is it is haunting. It <laughs> no punches, no, yeah. no punches at all. And yeah. that's the funniest thing about the difference between uh, like kid literature and even animated films during that time period is that they did not, no, they did not like smooth it over for your for your small child's constitution. They just like, nope, yeah, it's gonna I get rough. That. The animated version of The Hobbit when we were kids. Yeah. Uh, the yeah, yeah, the, the scene where uh, uh, The Hobbit gets, uh, where uh, uh, Bilbo gets trapped by the uh, trolls in the mountain. Or not yeah. trolls, goblins. I think they're goblins. The goblins in the yeah. mountain. Mm -hmm. Was super creepy when I was a kid. I was like, this is yeah. genuinely terrifying. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, um, I mean, uh, I, I love, I mean, it was the same studio that made it, but like the last unicorn. Oh, yeah. Was, I mean, so melancholy and yeah. you know, about. It's grim. Yeah. And it's some really deep themes, but it was a children's movie. So right. I'm like, yeah. When I show it to my kids, they're like, Dad. Is this for us? And I'm like, yes, it is. Lean well, in. <laughs> I, I feel like it's the next generation had to grow up with those to then be able to make Spider-Man, the newest Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh yeah, we can make animated stuff that is very much available to adults. I mean, it is, you know, yes. for adults. And at the same time, it is very accessible to kids because we respect kids enough to go, they can oh, handle yeah. this, you know. Oh, yeah. My it's... son and I went and saw the new one. Have you seen it yet? The new Spider-Man? Oh, no. I'm, I'm, I, I'm I will not spoil anything. Kid. You yeah. will love it so much as an artist because each world they go into is a different art style, just like oh, in the first one. But yeah. it is at the next level. Like they have that gone is, so far beyond. Boy. There's there's one world. This is not a spoiler at all. This is in the first <laughs> scene. But there's one world where the backdrops are all watercolor 
that is that is um like it's it's computer animated so that it looks like the watercolor got too much water and it's dripping <laughs> in the background it's beautiful and so you're watching this and you're just going i i my son will go see it uh tomorrow for the fourth time and he's already <laughs> seen it four times i mean he's he's got a tattoo of spider-man like he loves yeah. anything spider-man and uh and he's every time he sees it he's seeing more it's so yeah. rich oh so, that is that's amazing. I'm 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 so stoked to see it. And that's the that's most of my artist friends or comic friends or whatever. They're like, you know, going back again, you yeah. know, going back in. You know, oh, yeah. So they've you seen it like two or three times. <laughs> yeah, and you and you're just gonna you'll see so much more than I do even. As an artist, you're just gonna be going, Oh my yeah. gosh, they are the stuff they're doing, like yeah, the, the I just have to make sure not to bring it sketch. line work, like the really subtle line yeah. work. Mm -hmm. on the uh, but only for some of the characters so it's yeah. like they're from a world where they they have jaw lines and this yeah. character's not and he's you know and he's what he's painted in oil and then yeah. this other character's in it's it's brilliant <laughs> like it's so clever <laughs> i'm excited it's, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be mind-blowing it really is i, okay. I love what the studio's done yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so cool. Um, So for our next segment, part of the point of the whole show is to help readers get to know you. And I figure one of the great ways to do that is to talk D&D. &D. Yes. What would be, if you were in D&D, &D, what would be your race and class? And you as an individual? Okay. Now, I, I didn't, I don't have any of my, my previous notes. I know we, we had spoke about this before and I'm trying, I, I make so many D&D &D characters, I keep swapping back and forth between them. But I think I remember. Um, I like. I really love dwarves. I mean, dwarven culture, dwarven imagery. I've always just gravitated towards it, and um, the idea of the of the dwarven artificer or the weaponsmith. You know, yeah. um, I I love that. Even in my my Nicholas book, I I kind of allude to it with hammers and making and that whole thing. So I would be. Uh, dwarven artificer or or sword mage of some sort. Uh, that way, I can I can cast and, and and still get into the melee. Get you know get dirty, but afterwards, you know, I'm I'm somebody's like, hey, I need a magic bow that I can like conjure arrows with, and I'm like, I got you. Yes, yeah, so that that fits you perfectly. The person who wants to be making art, like at any oh. point. I would rather be making art right now. Yeah. Right? Like, yes, absolutely. Oh uh, man. Okay. So yeah. ambush. You get mm -hmm. ambushed. You're ambushed yeah. by three. They're just level one goblins. What do you yeah. do? Okay. Well, first off, I would um generally when I get a character like this, I I kind of multi-class a little bit. So I, I pick up some bard. All right. I, I got a little bard mixed in there. So First thing I always do is I try to see if I can I can convince them that they don't really want to fight me, yeah. you know? So if it's intimidation, maybe, you know, if it's, hey, you know, guys, I'm so glad you're here. Um, I've been waiting for you for the last two days. Did you bring the stuff? And they'll be like, what? Ooh, what? And by the <laughs> so, end, talk them into giving you something. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Or if I'm there with a party of people and I got a um, rogue buddy that got that backstab, I'm like, I'll just talk to him and you do what you do. Yes. <laughs> nice. Excellent. Okay, well, let's go to our break. And when we come back, I'm going to ask you about what you've been daydreaming about lately. Yeah, sounds good. 
This week's show is brought to you by Miko Azul's The Staff of Fire and Bone and its sequel, The Rod of Wind and Iron. In The Staff of Fire and Bone, half-demon Cedrin Varkaris is on the run. He survived among his father's people as an Ascari, sequestered behind the castle walls for his own safety. The Ascari people tolerated his existence until age 15, when his demonic powers manifested. Despite being the son of a powerful regent, the Ascari hate and fear him. The Shaili, his demon mother's people, hunt him as an abomination that must be destroyed. Magic is forbidden in Ascari Bar, and Cedrin's powers are uncontrolled. Death and destruction follow him as he grapples with learning to use his abilities with disastrous results. With no safe haven to hide him, and few to trust, Cedrin must overcome a millennium of prejudice to acquire the four sacred elemental stones from the different peoples of Moralia. He needs them to create a talisman that may unify the various peoples of his world against the great demon Laylor, whose banishment nears its end. With little hope of redemption or thwarting Laylor's plans, Cedrin and his companions take heroism to a shocking new level. The choices they make and sacrifices they endure push them further than they ever expected possible and the fate of all Moralians hangs in the balance. In The Rod of Wind and Iron, the adventure continues with more complicated challenges and higher stakes. Although Cedron has acquired Ration, the Staff of Fire and Bone, he knows it won't be enough to save his world from the ravages it faces. The Garanth army marches against the Ascari, slaughtering everyone in their path and raising fields and towns alike. Meanwhile, an indestructible horde created by dark magic bears down on the Shaili, intent on destroying all life in Moralia. Amidst the chaos and death, Cedrin and Senna Kral, the daughter of a notorious spy, become unwilling allies. Senna's goal is to restore her father's reputation and save her city from total annihilation. Cedrin's quest is to acquire the Lost Windstone of Yesmarantha, which is essential in creating the only weapon that could potentially challenge the great demon Laylor. Natural enemies, Senna and Cedron devise an uneasy and temporary truce in order to achieve their ends. Betrayal is inevitable. Trust is impossible. Hope and time are running out. Order your copies of The Staff of Fire and Bone and The Rod of Wind and Iron today. Authors, poets, playwrights, as some of you know, we participate in an annual fundraiser for the Alzheimer's Association called The Longest Day. On that day, people around the country and around the world do all kinds of things like walkathons and knitting and mountain climbing, and they ask their friends and families to make donations for their efforts to the Alzheimer's Association to support care for families and research to find a cure for Alzheimer's. I participated in a few walks and then said to myself, Self, you are mediocre at walking and do not have a bunch of awesome friends known for their walking ability but you can write and know a whole lot of other writers. So back in 2018, Not A Publishing put together our first Writing Against the Darkness team, and we've been going strong ever since. Here's the ask. You can join our team with a few clicks. If you want to, you can buy a t-shirt for the fundraiser, but that's not required. Then you post to your social media a few times, asking your friends and family to pledge to support you. On Wednesday, June 21st, we all hop on a Zoom call together early in the morning to say hello, wish one another luck, and then we write from dawn until dusk, 5.24 a.m. to 9.04 p.m. here at My Latitude. It's a long day, but don't worry, you can take all the breaks you want. In fact, if a Wednesday doesn't fit into your work schedule, you can do your longest day on another day before or after. The Alzheimer's Association won't turn your donations away. At the end of the day, we share out our word count and total them up and see how many words the team has written in a day. And how badly John Dover, author of Once Upon a Fang in the West, has beaten us by every year. 
It's fun, productive, and raises money for a good cause. If you'd like to participate, there is a link in the show notes. We would love to have you on our team. So come join our Writing Against the Darkness team and write with us for a good cause. Thank you. So, uh, I'm here with Brian Parker today. Brian, what have you been daydreaming about lately? I I tend to, to spend a lot of time thinking about like really weird, big existential stuff. Like, you know, what is the order of the universe? How does, you know, quantum theory tie in with, you know, um, the past, present, and the future? And I've been, I've been on this kick about... Um, the ideas of order and chaos and how typically we're taught that, you know, order is good, chaos is evil. And I'm like, that's not necessarily true. Within nature, chaos usually breeds some level of creation, while order sometimes can stagnate creation. So that means that it's not necessarily good or bad. But the cool thing is, is that if you see where order and chaos, where the borders between the two kind of mesh, that's where all the good stuff happens, is that overlap. If it was like a, a Venn diagram, that space where they kind of become one thing, that's where creativity, um, love, music, all of that stuff, that's all. That's where it happens, is in that space. And even if you think about it and on that, that kind of string theory kind of concept of vibration, what is a vibration if not a thing oscillating between one extreme and another and then all the stuff that happens in between? So I've been thinking about that a lot and I've been tying that into stuff and the story stuff and magic and all kinds of things. So yeah, I've been daydreaming about that. Love that. There's a philosopher, Greek philosopher, Epicurus, who had mm -hmm. this idea that you would love called the atomic swerve. And his idea was that if everything is orderly, nothing would ever be created. Everything would yes. just be a blob. Like this is, the, everything's fine. And yeah. so the only reason that anything exists is at some point, something must have just gone out of whack. Yeah. <laughs> that then generates everything. And so the atomic, some atom swerved. And yeah. the universe, uh, which I, I think is a beautiful idea. Like, you know, I don't know how well that fits with uh, with our, it, you know, our, our sense fits, of the Big Bang or anything, but the atomic swerve, right? Yeah, it, it makes perfect sense. Think about it. I mean, if an inert universe where the two chaos and order were separated forever, it's just a moment when they finally kind of like accidentally ping and yep. then the whole thing well, so I, I love the, uh, the, the atomic swerve the atomic swerve isn't that great i, I love the <laughs> idea of the multiple universes theory that you know which we would never know because we would be in a universe other than any other so we can't know what they're like but the yeah theory is that all of them are kind of overlaid on top of one another and yeah. they're not actually infinite because there are some of them where there wasn't a swerve essentially so there are yeah. some that would have been pure energy and the energy just went and that one's just gone now and just there are some that were way more matter and the matter just falls in. And so that one's yeah. gone now. Yeah, We live in this kind of Goldilocks zone of this is one where it didn't fly out too fast. It didn't fly out too slow. And so the question of why is our universe the way it is, is not yeah. because it's the best. It's because it's the only one where we can be. Right. Yeah. And so we're in this one. And so I joke about that all the time. You know, when Trump was elected, I'm like, that. this is the worst universe. Yeah. Like, what we why, why would somebody I wish we could be in a different one where things went differently. <laughs> the fun thing about that idea for us as authors is mm -hmm. if that is the case, 
everything we can possibly imagine does exist in another universe. Yes. Like your, you know, your badger costume that you're wearing right now. Yes. There is a universe where there are sentient badgers with maces Mm -hmm. sitting here having this conversation over Zoom. I love it. That that is a real place. We're just not in it. You know? (laughs) Drinking tea and eating like an oat cake of some sort. (laughs) Which, Which then changes our role as writers. We are not actually imagining so much as we are communicating something that exists from another that exists somewhere else yeah we are that cool? we are the medium in which we communicate this thing that exists out in the ether yeah, somewhere you, you are a journalist of another universe oh man oh dude <laughs> isn't like that cool the, that's like the title of a book right there. right oh, i think that's man. super fun like the, I, is, those are the kinds of ideas where i'm just like oh that is really cool everything i, I can it. possibly conceive i'm just being a journalist for another universe and then yeah. it changes our obligation as fiction writers I need to tell this story correctly because I'm telling the truth, the truth of another universe. Exactly. It does take some of the weight off of you a little bit because you're like, I'm not, I'm not having to pull this out of nowhere. It's being translated into me through something that is, I just have to tell it accurately. I'm telling the story correctly. This really is what happened to this giant badger. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it so much. I'm writing that down too. <laughs> so so many notes. Yeah. <laughs> so where can our listeners find you? Find out about what's going on with you right now. Well, we're in a couple of different places. Um, you can check us out at our website, which is www.believeinwonder.com. Um, I'm also pretty active on Instagram, so uh, that's Believe in Wonder underscore Hub. And um, we, we like to post a lot of photos of the chalk art, hanging out with the kids, whatever projects we got going on and stuff. So you can definitely catch up on all the stuff that we're doing creatively and and community-wise. And um, we're also on Facebook. So um, just search hashtag Believe in Wonder. You pull up all our stuff. Or you can look for me, Brian W. Parker. And yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. Excellent. Well, I encourage, and we'll, and of course, we'll link to all those in the uh, in the show notes as well. So, folks are, you know, if if somebody is out there driving right now, please don't go check out the website until you can pull over safely <laughs> and check the show notes. But uh, yes. yes, we take, want to encourage people to do take that. Take your time. <laughs> um, so each week we run a weekly poll, and I'm pulling up right now the uh, the the poll from this last week to see the results. This came to us from uh, Jason Brick, and he asked. Find it here. Uh, it was pho versus uh, dim sum, I believe. Oh no, I'm sorry. We had one more recently than that. This was from Ed Jones last week. Uh, Ed Jones, who's the author of Ferryman and Bull by the Horns, uh, in the mm. anthology Written with Pride, he asked vampires versus werewolves. That was it. <laughs> vampires versus werewolves. Where would you fall on that one? Vampires versus werewolves. Um, I'm always going to land on werewolves, just for sheer physical strength and and rage you know and anybody who's had a small toddler knows that rage can do a lot to add to your uh to your strengths and abilities so <laughs> and i'm i'm not entirely surprised that you went werewolves because from a visual perspective you know yes. they are aesthetically speaking far more interesting looking than vampires definitely Blend definitely I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a vampires I'm guy because i love yeah. the kind of philosophical question of what does true eternal life do to your sanity? 
Like, oh, yeah. I, you know, I think that's a really interesting uh, thing to, in my most recent series of novels, I've got both, because I think they're both really fun to write about. But uh, <laughs> yes, uh, so that one, the poll came out and was, and I just clicked away from it, Vampires versus Werewolves. Uh, only 38% were with me on Vampires. Werewolves won handily. So people, people are with you on that one. 61% Werewolves. So oh, how about you? What's your idea for our poll for this next week? Oh, let's see. Um, I don't know. I've been on a kind of a scary movie kick lately, and um, uh, I like to. I, I, I'm not the type that kind of dives into this stuff very easily because I get spooked. But um, I've asked my wife this question. I'll ask your your listeners this question: What's scarier, um, clowns or ghost children? Oh. Yeah. Both scary. Yes, Both uh, that scary. will be a good one. I am very curious to see what the results of that one are. <laughs> Clowns or ghost children? Okay, yes. I will. I will put that up, and so that'll be on the Not a Pie Publishing page. And uh, <laughs> that, yes, that that that's that is <laughs> just trying to kind of tease it out myself i'm like oh they're both terrifying <laughs> they're yeah. both kind of horrible aren't they? oh yeah <laughs> uh so what's in your to read pile what are you looking forward to reading coming up oh i've had a, i've got a couple of things I, I i'm really bad about if i see a book that looks really cool i'll just buy it and add it to my list oh yeah but, me um, too mine is it just keeps growing oh yeah <laughs> but um Right now, I'm, I'm reading uh, Lockwood & Co. Well, I'd like to read the rest of the books of Lockwood & Co. by um, Jonathan Stroud. And it had a really great Netflix show, first season, and I really enjoyed it. And then it got canceled. So now yeah. I, now I got to read the rest of the book. Yes, the Pencil Pushers decided. I, enjoy, I really enjoyed that show, too. And I did not. I had not heard that it had been canceled, but I'm not surprised. They're canceling stuff left and it right right now. It's like, give it a chance. Let it yeah. find an audience. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I'll, so, but I didn't know that was a Jonathan Stroud novel. So I yeah, it's Jonathan out. Stroud. It's really good. I mean, really good writing. So um, I'm happy that now I can actually find out how the story <laughs> yeah um well i just uh, so i'm reading right now patrick rothfuss uh the name of the wind have you read that yeah. one before oh no but it's like it's like fantasy like you know some, it's it's in the higher echelon exactly like, some friends of mine said I, they said to me oh it's my favorite book and i was like how yeah. have i not heard about this so <laughs> I'm, I'm about halfway through it right now and loving it. it you will oh. love it it's so good oh, uh, and so the apparent but the, the the reason it came to my attention is i read an article saying yeah the the third part of the trilogy that we've been waiting for for decades is who knows <laughs> it, it was the weirdest article it was like hey headline still nothing <laughs> so, i don't know if we'll get the part three but let me tell you the part one is really really good uh, the oh, name man. of the wind by patrick that Rock. So I'll now link to both uh, Lockwood and Co. and uh, and the Name of the Wind in the uh, in the show notes as well. Folks can check yeah. those out. Yeah. And then you already mentioned your uh, your contacts: Instagram, Facebook, uh, Pinterest. What is going on? You are working right now on which book? Because we do want to get yeah. Um, so um, let's see, 2019, um, we the first book of the Epic of Nicholas the Maker came out, which was called The Silver Heart. And um, I love it because I'm I'm a huge Santa Claus fan. I consider myself a, a Santa expert. So I wanted to write a, a mythology about Santa's earlier days and him learning about his abilities. So right now I'm writing this. I'm finished the second book. 
and editing and getting ready to have it released this fall. Uh-huh. So uh, it's called The Verdant King. And each of the books is going to happen in a different season. So it starts winter. I mean, this one's spring. I got summer coming. And then there's a fall book. And then it comes back around to winter. And that'll be the end of the series. So it's five oh, books total. That's cool. So I like yeah. and verdant. Yeah, that's that's perfect. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> and but it will come out this fall. It'll be out this fall. Yeah. Oh, I'm, um it's it's done. I'm just finishing it up and dotting the eyes and crossing the T's and getting all the illustrations and stuff going. So it's a lot of fun. It's been yeah. so much fun. Yeah. Oh, excellent. <laughs> um Okay, well, let me do our thank yous and then we'll come to our bits of advice for everybody. So uh, before we get to our send off, thanks to the artist Max Oakland, who reached out and provided one of his songs for our intro. I prefer the dusk. Let Max know you like it by following him on Twitter at Max Oakland with three D's. Uh, Thanks to Halizna CCO for their song Kids for the ad break. If you're in a band and would like your song used on the show, I would love to highlight a listener's work like Max's song. So email me about that. Thanks, as always, to Doug, the producer, for making this show sound good and taking the blame when it doesn't. And I cannot forget to mention, Writers Not Writing is a production of Not A Pie Publishing. So please go to notapiepublishing.com. Check out the amazing books by writers who didn't procrastinate too much. <laughs> if you like this show, rate and review it wherever you found it. And please check out Brian's, not all Brian's books, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, tell friends about them and give them that little you know give them the fifth star and a short review it makes a huge difference to authors so make brian's day click that mm-hmm. fifth star give him a review and of course do the same for the show that would be really nice <laughs> uh, so uh brian and i have some advice for all the listeners for this next week brian what would be your first person piece of advice for folks <sighs> i would say keep shining bright you know the world needs you it needs your light and your passion. So don't let it get dim. Keep shining. <laughs> Love it. Uh, second, in life as in writing, it's the spaces between the words that make it all meaningful. A book without spaces would not be much of a book. And your life needs spaces too. So take those spaces. And third, no matter how much you procrastinate, we're still proud of you. <laughs> My time.